you're visiting, again, I want to welcome you and thank you for coming to worship with us, uh, the Hudson Valley region. Uh, you know, there are nine other meetings like this throughout the tri-state area, and uh, it, it's just beautiful to, to see you all and, and think about what's going on in Jersey and what's going on in Harlem and the Bronx and Queens and Long Island, Staten Island. And uh, it's just really great that uh, we can come and be together. Uh, as, as Brian said, I'm, uh, my name is Russ Murdoch, and uh, my lovely wife and I, you know, we do get the honor of uh, working with our youth uh, preteen and young teen ministry. Now, this year will be our 14th year directing the uh, camp. And uh, I tell you, it's a joyful pain. <laughs> That, you know, you know how you get, you know, you work out and you're tired and, then, you know, the next day you're sore and, you know, you stretch and it's like, oh, that feels so good. And you're happy that it's over, but then you miss it. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, the beauty of coming to regions like this is I get to see the fruit of our labor. When you get to see, you know, the Sophias and, and Justins of the world. And you remember when they came to camp for the first time. I didn't even recognize Justin. He walked up to me and was like, who is that? <laughs> the young man has grown. Uh, but it's funny. This year, uh, in April, I uh, celebrated my 48th year in life. But uh, it wouldn't be fitting if... Uh, you know, this past year, Sari and I celebrated our 24th year of marriage. Wow. You know, so, some of us, you know, if I had my video here, I, I would show a picture of us uh, when we first met in uh, our after school program. And, you know, we were six years old. And so we've been dating since we were 15. And so we recently did a class up at uh, Reach, or Reach Thrive. And, uh, and so, you know, I'm looking at that picture, and I'm like, oh, my gosh. God knew something was going to happen at six. <laughs> and then you see the kids, and you see your life, and you're like, oh, my goodness. God actually has a plan for every human being. Everyone that's here, everyone that's, that, that's visiting, everyone, God has a specific plan for your life. And I really want to thank God for his faithfulness. Because I've been able to experience his promises over and over and over again. You know, we were just talking and we kind of did some calculations. And so... Since we've become Christians, over 28 years in, in September, we've seen 15 of our family members become Christians. And we thought, wow, that is amazing. And sometimes you got to step back and look and say, wow, look at what God's done. He's revealing his plan for your life. He's actually doing what he said he was going to do. And I can't thank him enough for his word. Can't thank him enough for his church. Can't thank him enough for his people. 
because I know without all those things, I wouldn't be where I am today. You know, we've been studying a topic in New Jersey, and uh, I want to share this uh, lesson with you this morning. In Proverbs 25, the Bible says, fear of man will prove to be a snare. But those who trust in the Lord will be kept safe. The Bible says fear of man will prove to be a snare. A snare is a device for capturing small animals. Anything serving to entrap or entangle is a snare. You know, fear of man has many different faces. And different names. In the teenage world, it's called peer pressure. In the adult world, it's called people-pleasing slash peer pressure. <laughs> the fear of man is sprinkled all throughout the Bible from the beginning to the end. I want you to consider for a moment Abraham. Because of the fear of man, asked Sarah, who was his wife, to say that he, she was his sister. On two different occasions, he lied in order to save his life. <laughs> Moses runs from Pharaoh because he killed the Egyptian and buried him in the sand. Aaron gave it to the people and said, hey, they asked for a cab, so I gave it to them. <laughs> Ananias and Sapphira wanted to look good in front of people, so they lied and they died because of the fear of man. Peter denies knowing Jesus three times. Why? Because of the fear of man. When we care more about what people think than what God thinks, we get in trouble. You know, a friend of mine posted something on Facebook. Uh, it was my birthday, as I said earlier. And... Uh, I haven't seen my friend John in 30 years. And so on the Facebook page, he goes, happy birthday, Reverend Russ. <laughs> Come on, Reverend. <laughs> Again, I haven't seen John. How do you know I'm a reverend? At first, I'm not even a reverend. But then I thought, I hope he doesn't think I'm one of those guys with the long robe. <laughs> Dad, you're getting old. 
<laughs> Are you afraid of making mistakes that will make you look bad in other people's eyes? Do you get easily embarrassed because you want that image that everything is great together? If so, people and their perception or opinions mean more to you than they probably should. The fear of man can be summed up this way. We replace God with people. God must always be bigger to you and I than people are. And this morning, let's look at the antidote that will help us overcome and deal with this fear of man. Let's pray together. Our God in heaven, we thank you so much for your love for us. I pray this morning that you help us in our relationship with you to see you as bigger than people. And I pray, Father, that you help us to grow and that every voice here will uh, hear your word and be inspired to seek after you and know you in a more intimate and close way. We love you. We pray all this in your son's name. Amen. Turn your Bibles to 1 Samuel chapter 3. We'll start there. The title of today's lesson is Grow in Your Trust in the Lord. That's what we're going to talk about. We're going to talk about growing in our trust in the Lord. And we're going to start out here in 1 Samuel with a, I really like this story because it gives us a little insight on how, how, how do we do that. How do we grow in our trust? 1 Samuel chapter 3, verse 4. It says, Then the Lord called Samuel. Samuel answered, Here I am. And he ran to Eli and said, Here I am. You called me. But Eli said, I did not call you. Go back and lie down. So he went and lay down. Again, the Lord called Samuel. And Samuel got up and went to Eli and said, Here I am. You called me. My son, Eli, said, I did not call you. Go back and lie down. Verse 7, now Samuel did not yet know the Lord. He didn't know God. The word of the Lord had not been revealed to him. A third time the Lord called, Samuel. And Samuel got up, went to Eli. Here I am, you called me. Then Eli realized that the Lord was calling the boy. So Eli told Samuel, Go and lie down, and if, you, and if he calls you, say, speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. So Samuel went and lay down in his place. The Lord came and stood. Notice this time he came and stood there, calling as at the other times. Samuel, Samuel. Then Samuel said, speak, for your servant is listening. You know, the first thing I want to talk about and how do we grow in our trust in the Lord is we have to seek Him. Right. We have to seek Him. Right. Now this morning, are you a seeker? When God called Samuel, he didn't recognize him. He didn't know whose voice that was. So he was confused and he went to Eli. Because he would not yet known the Lord. And then he, he did it again. And then he did it again the third time. And so then, after the third time, he says, Speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. See, sometimes we get focused on the people 
who are maybe even introducing us to God, and we stop seeking Him and forget that it's all about a relationship with God. We repeat sometimes what other people say because it sounds right and it's logical, but that's not really our conviction. And sometimes we can get more focused on what the preacher says or what the leader says or what somebody else says and not be focused on what God says. You know, if you're visiting today, God's in for, he, he is after a relationship with you. And I especially want to talk to, to, the, to the young people. Amen. God is after a relationship with you. Not to rob your life of joy and fun. <laughs> Not to make you an outcast. He wants you to know him. Because you know something? As you get older, as my son told me, you know, I'm getting old. I figured something out. My life began with God, and my life is going to end with God. The sooner you figure that out, the sooner you're going to realize a whole lot of things. It's about a relationship with God. If you're going to trust in Him, you've got to get to know Him. When I hear sometimes people talk about God, it's like, what God are you talking about? And unfortunately, that God that they're talking about sounds a whole lot like their, their father who was very domineering. Or sounds like their mother or grandma who was large and in charge. But it does not sound like the God that I read in the Bible. And so whether you're a teenager or you're a high school, college student, you got to recognize God is after a relationship with you for your benefit. I wish that I knew God at 16. I wish that I avoided those, you know, turbulent times in, in the, the, the 18, 19, 20 years. And thank God I became a Christian at 20. But boy, I was tired by the time I was 20 years old. The world had lumped me up a lot. And I was so grateful that there was a way out. I want you to listen to a letter to God by a young Christian in the New Jersey region. Uh, he was baptized in March. His wife is a kingdom kid and uh, she had left, came back, got restored, and then they got married, and then he just became your brother in March. And here's what he wrote. Dear God, the one that is omnipresent and omniscient, the one who listens to our prayers at all times in any situations, uh, if we know through prayer, miraculous things can happen. My feelings for you are unexplainable, indescribable. My emotions bleed for you every single day. Now that I have been baptized into Christ and reborn, I feel great, a moment that I know I will cherish forever. I realized that I was living a sinful life among sinners, and getting to know the truth through your word makes me realize my mistakes, and from that moment on, I can now be different. 
and turn to you, the true and only Father. Uh, now that my sins have been washed away and I can start this new life with Christ, uh, I, I want to take it each and every day, giving you praise and glory. Now my heart, my soul, my everything belongs to you, Jesus, so that you can use me in whatever way you want. Uh, we were all born to be fishers of men. Amen. Brothers, it's an honor and a privilege. Let's serve God. It's not a burden. Love your son, Dion Watson. If you're a seeker, seek him. Because when you find God, everything changes. Now, I did not say you don't have any problems. I did not say that this is the prosperity gospel highway and there's just nothing that's good. That is garbage. When you become a Christian, the enemy, the enemy has you on blast, as they would say. And that's part of why some of those crazy things start happening. Because he knows you found the truth and the way and what's right. And he knows that you now understand that God has a plan for you to prosper you, not to harm you, but to give you hope and a future. Let me ask you this morning, what are you seeking? Better friends, business opportunities, relief from guilt. Those aren't necessarily bad things. But let's make sure we seek him because he will be found is what he says. Those who know your name trust in you. For you, Lord, have never forsaken those who seek you. Once you seek him and find him, your natural response is to share him. Turn your Bibles over to John chapter 4. Are you with me? It's good that you're with me. John 4, verse 25. And this is a popular story. Uh, and if you've never read it, it's the woman at the well. I just love the fact that Jesus knew how to reach all people. Whether they were Jews or Gentiles, whether they're older, younger, and, and women. And he did not discriminate. But he has a great conversation with this woman. And look at what happens. John chapter 4, verse 25. It says, the woman said, I know that Messiah called Christ is coming. When he comes, he will explain everything to us. Then Jesus declared, I, the one speaking to you, I am he. Verse, skip down to verse 39. Many of the Samaritans from that town believed in him because of the woman's testimony. He told me everything I ever did. So when the Samaritans came to him, they urged him to stay with them, with them and he stayed two days. And because of his uh, words, many more became believers. Verse 30, 42. Then uh, they said to the woman, we no longer believe just because of what you said. Now we have heard for ourselves. And we know that this man really is the savior of the world. You know, once you seek him and you get to know him, 
The only natural response, you got to share him. The woman is at the well. She's seeking God. She says, hey, I know that when the Messiah comes, he's going to tell us everything. Jesus says, I'm the guy. This woman had been through five marriages and was living with a man that wasn't her husband. Had the current living boyfriend. She drops her jar. She runs back home. She tells the entire town, I found him. And they believed her. She got a reputation. But the whole town believed her. What did they see? Because it was different. That's right. Something was changed. They saw an excitement. They saw a joy. They saw freedom. They saw satisfaction. You know what they saw? They saw a forgiven soul. Wow. That's what they saw. They saw someone that came to believe, someone that had a connection and a relationship with Jesus. And they said, you know what? I got I to go check this out. And they came around. But they saw something else. Turn over to Romans chapter 5 for a moment. My rough. My rough. Romans chapter 5. And hope does not put us to shame. Because God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit. Who has been given to us. You see, this woman found God. And he filled her up so much that she was delighted with him. She was delighted to hear the truth about her. And it let her be free. Are you delighted in the God who fills you up? Or do you think you fill yourself up? Do you think it's because of what you do that you are who you are? Do you think because of the successes and the achievements and the popularity, whatever, the wealth, the, 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 the prestige, that it's because of you? Well, I hate to break it to you, but there's a scripture in Isaiah 26, verse 12. I don't have time to get into that right now, but I, that's just a little, little pearl there. <laughs> Go read that. When you start thinking that what you have and who you are actually comes from you. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Isaiah 26, verse 12. Just go, you know, amen. All right. The woman was full. She could not keep it to herself. She had to run. She had to hell because she come to know God. You know, knowing God is really what life is really all about. Being filled with his words and his thoughts about you is more precious than gold. When you know him, you can't stop talking about him. This woman didn't care about people's opinions of her. She wasn't thinking about being rejected, being laughed at. 
She wasn't thinking about what she had on. She was just filled with forgiveness and grace. And it just poured out. God had become bigger than people. And when God is bigger than people, we see everything different. We're not afraid to talk to someone that maybe doesn't look like us. We don't care where they went to college and how many letters are after their name. What we care about is do you have a relationship with God? Do you know Jesus? Or are you trying to fill your life up with something else that's not going to last? This woman talked differently, and simply her greatest desire was to please God. You know, a couple moved to New Jersey three years ago named Lee and Lovely Kang. They got three beautiful kids and a little surprise on the way. So number four is on their way. But she had a dream as a college student 25 years ago. Uh, she's very artistic, and she always wanted to be a part of the New York church. Well, she met Lee, they got married, they were part of the Philly church, and then his job said, hey, we need you to go to New York. And so when she came to New York, this was a dream come true to be a part of the New York church. But she also had these other dreams. She wanted to open and have a art studio. And uh, as of last year, Lovely opened her own art studio. And I tell you, it's, it's amazing. When somebody has a dream and a vision, and then they actually see it happen. And you know, I was asking her, I said, so, you know, how did all of this happen? You know, she says, I believe that mindset has a lot to do with everything. I, uh, she said, so with a lot of faith, prayer, and action, I prepared for that day that God would bless me with a studio space. It took a year, but today we have an art studio two minutes from our home. Her youngest son goes to art class every day with her to help and uh, create with his friends. My husband and I host many community and church events in our space, and all we want to do is bring glory to God and make him known. We use it to build community. And you know, every time I see that art studio, every time I see their faces, I think about giving a family that's giving God the glory. They're an inspiration to God and to his church because they're taking what God's given them and they're using it and then they're sharing it. Like the woman at the well, you and I need to recognize what we got. Everybody in here has got gifts. And God wants to take what you have and he wants you to share it with your community. And especially in here. Amongst us. And then out there. So that people can get to know him. 
So church, I want to give you a challenge this morning. You guys like challenges? Oh yeah. It's a good challenge. Not a bad challenge. Not a painful challenge. Ask God to teach you to grow in his love. In understanding his love. In understanding how he sees you, how he feels about you. That's part one. It's a two-parter here. Part of that is so that we can get to know him better. And then the other part is ask someone that's close to you to pray for you with the decision that you just made. Are you with me? Somebody just, hey, ask me how that's going. Ask me what I'm learning. Ask me, you share with me. But that together, we are growing and we're focused on our relationship with him. We're focused, not just on doing things and and going here, but we're focused on why we're doing what we're doing. Because whether you've been a disciple 30, 40 years or, or two minutes, the point is, I gotta keep growing yep. and knowing my God. As we conclude our lesson this morning, let's remember what we heard. Whoever trusts in the Lord is kept safe. Growing in our trust in the Lord comes from seeking God and knowing Him intimately. So let's be seekers. Seek God. Ask someone. Maybe you're visiting and you're like, look, man, I don't even know where to start. I'm talking about, you know, I remember one brother saying, hey, how did the book of Job get in, in the Bible? He was so raw. The job, book of Job. Like, we'll help you out with that. But ask someone to study the Bible this week. Set up some time. Teenagers. You know what blows me away about teenagers? They got incredible memories. My son and I were in a car yesterday. He was singing song after song. I said, boy, you are amazing. I said, I want to challenge you. Can you memorize, you know, Bible scriptures like you memorize <laughs> Cardi B and, you know. Can you? I said, dude, you know, you're awesome. We're just getting those things in your mind and Let's grow in our trust in the Lord 
and he will keep us safe. To God be the glory. Thank you.